This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everybody, welcome back to Games with Bill. This is episode 695. I'm recording this uh, at 9.30 in the morning on July 27th. If you are here with me live over at youtube.com slash nerdnest, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me while I record the show. If you're not here with me live, then head on over to youtube.com slash nerdnest and you can subscribe and turn on notifications. That way you get notified when I do go live to record the show, uh, if you go there and you're like, where is the video version of the show? I want to watch that. The video version of the show afterwards is for uh, YouTube members only. Uh, so there is that. And uh, if you want to have the show and you're here with us live and you're not going to be a member, that's totally OK. Just subscribe to the podcast. You'll get it when as soon as it comes out anyway. All right. With all of that stuff being said, let's get started. I want to start today off. We've got a lot of news to cover. Uh, I, I keep adding things to the show notes, and eventually I was like, okay, I better put out a new episode, because if I don't put out a new episode, the episode's going to be way too long, and nobody wants to hear me drone on for like an hour by myself talking about stuff. So <laughs> let's get started. We've got two big delays, two really big delays, two delays that I am extremely disappointed to hear about. But I will say this. I always would prefer that a game company delay a game that they're working on rather than rush a game that they're working on. Because yes, you can fix games after the fact. You know, we have games like um, Final Fantasy 14 is a prime example of a game that launched, fell on its face, picked themselves picked themselves up, dusted themselves off and turned it into one of the premier MMOs out there. You know, another example would be No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky came to tons and tons of uh hype uh because the developers were hyping it just too much and then when the game launched, fell on its face pick itself up, dusted itself off, put their nose to the grindstone, worked really hard in order to make the game better. And both of those are really great examples, and there's plenty of other examples. If you are listening to this in your favorite podcast app, tweet at me your favorite examples of um, uh, of games that have picked themselves up and dusted themselves off after a bad launch. And... Um, while you're there, make sure that you follow me on Twitter. And uh, I'm at Run Jump Stomp. Now, um, I want to talk about these two games that I was really looking forward to, and both of them have been delayed. And that would the first one would be the new Gollum game, Lord of the Rings Gollum. Uh, here's what Daedalic uh, Entertainment had to say. They tweeted this out. Uh, let's see, when was this? Yesterday. No, two days ago. They said, first of all, we would like to thank you for all of your patience and support so far. Over the last years, our team has been working hard 
to bring you a remarkable story in a breathtaking world filled with magic and wonder. We are dedicated to meeting our community's expectations and uncovering the untold story of Gollum in a way that honors the version of J.R.R. Tolkien. That being said, in order to deliver the best quality experience, we have decided to push the release of Lord of the Rings Gollum by a few months. We will update you with exact timing in the near future. We are grateful for our passionate community, and we cannot wait to share this unique adventure with you soon. Um, I think that that's great that they said that. I forgot to put that on the screen for the uh, <laughs> for the people who are here uh, for the live show. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, I think that it's great that they're delaying it. Uh, of course, they're going to be angry. I, uh, I'm just going to say it: angry idiots that will threaten them and say awful things about the developers because the game doesn't come out as fast as they want it. I know that that's none of you guys, so I don't want to dwell on that. But I'm really looking forward to this game. I, I see, like some people had been saying previously, that it didn't look finished. It wasn't finished, and that's obviously the point. Um, but, you know, keep in mind that whatever we do see at the end of the day is probably going to be different than what we actually get. We see this all the time. We're constantly seeing games where they show us one thing and then at launch, it's actually worse or sometimes it's actually better. Uh, it just depends on if we're looking at a vertical slice of a game or actual gameplay from a finished game. Um, but whatever, I'm really looking forward to this game. Looks very much like, uh, you know, a, a third person action adventure game starring Gollum, which is a really cool concept because Gollum, like you're playing the the hero, you're playing the protagonist and the antagonist at the same time because Gollum is, is Smeagol's bully. And I just think that that's such a cool concept that you can play both. Now, speaking of playing both, um, without getting into spoilers for an incredibly old game, um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic was getting a remake. I don't know why I just clicked that because it's already open in this tab here. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is getting a remake. And in that game, you can essentially decide, am I going to go light side of the force or dark side of the force? And I'm not going to get into any details about the game because I bet you that there, there's a lot of people out there that have missed out on the original. It's a really cool RPG. It's a very, very cool RPG. Some would say one of the best ones ever. Uh, but this is really interesting. Jason Schreier tweeted this out, uh, which, by the way, if you haven't read Jason, Jace, Jason, boy, his name is hard for me to say, Jason Schreier's book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. You should absolutely read that book. It's a really interesting look into, I think it was 10 different games uh, and like the development process behind them. Definitely check that book out if you haven't. It's a really good read. Anyway, he tweeted this out. The Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake is indefinitely delayed. Bloomberg has learned. Developer Aspir abruptly fired two directors this month and told staff, that the project is on pause as it tries to figure out what comes next. Now, this is, I mean, the Gollum news, I'm like, okay, that's perfectly fine. Delay the game, take your time to make the game better. But 
like this seems like it's it's this is on the verge of getting canceled. Like this game is just about gone, in my opinion. It seems like anyway. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But man, like it's on pause. The developers, like they fire the directors and they send the they basically send the developers home. Yikes! That is a big big deal. Anyway, uh, so I think. Boy, I really hope that that game uh, comes out and is awesome because I was really looking forward forward to that. Beth Ann Oxendale in chat says, it's sad. I was really looking forward to the new KOTOR. Um, Happy Cloud Gamer says, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake has been delayed indefinitely. Yeah, I, oh, I, they just got so upset. Yeah, so they were quoting what they just said. Um, that game, I mean, look, all that we knew about that game was that they were remaking a, a much beloved game, okay? Uh, the other thing that we knew about that game is that all we got to really see was a cutscene. Like, we didn't see any gameplay. We didn't know how they were going to update this game for modern for modern stuff. Uh, so all of that is, uh, like, how much did they really have done on that game? I don't know. Uh, he's not here right now, but in our community Discord, which you have not, if you haven't joined our community Discord, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're here on YouTube in the description down below that like button, click the like button, please, by the way. And uh, Bravd says, if that game turns out to be good, it would be amazing, but the original is so revered that a bad remake would be devastating. He said that in our community Discord. And I, I have to say, I disagree. While a bad remake would be like you wouldn't want to play a bad remake. It doesn't take anything away from the original. So when somebody is like, hey, I'm, you know, they're going to be remaking this game or they're going to be remaking this movie, I always feel like, you know what? Even if it turns out to be bad, we still have the original to go back to. And I know that most people won't go back to the original. I know Bravd, like he's a personal friend of mine. I know that he will go back to the original. He probably has played that game five or six times. I remember playing tabletop games with him and he would, he would always call people meathead because he loved that one character in or meat, meat bag, not meathead. That's, that's back to the future reference. Uh, anyway, uh, I really, really want that game to come out, but if it doesn't come out, we're all going to be okay because we still have the original one. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. The more game cartridges a video game system plays, the more fun it is. And that topic is multiverses. Now, this article I added to the show notes uh, on the 25th. That's two days ago. And it says... This is outdated already, but it said Multiverses has over 60,000 PC players, and it's not even out yet. Um, well, it's out now. The game came out into open beta yesterday. It's funny. Somebody, it's, I was talking about um, on one of my other shows, On Deck, which is a podcast about PC gaming and the Steam Deck. I was talking about the fact that I had applied for closed beta and I didn't get in. And I was sad about that. And somebody said, hey, Bill, you should just go into a Twitch stream and hope for a Twitch drop. So yesterday, um, my, my daughter was coming over with my grandson. And what I did is I set it up, uh, ahead of time so that I just opened up a Twitch stream 
and then left the room while it was streaming so that I could get access to it. And sure enough, I got access to it, and then I installed it on my Steam Deck, and then it came out in open beta. <laughs> so uh, somebody got an hours of view time out of me anyway, uh, but the game is now out, and 60000 is nothing. So that, that original article, I'm going to say that again, had 60,000 PC players. That's not concurrent. That's just they had 60,000 PC players, and the game wasn't out yet. Now, to be fair, you could get access to the game just by buying, like, the starter pack or whatever. I think it was $40 for the starter pack. Um, So the idea that it wasn't out yet, I kind of contend with. But then it goes into open beta. It's a free-to-play game, goes into open beta. And now, uh, as of yesterday at 10.23 p.m., uh, Multiverse's open beta has 140,000 concurrent players on Steam. Now, keep in mind, this is a game that is also on consoles, right? This is just the cons- or the, the Steam players, and it's 140,000 concurrent players on Steam. That concurrent means all playing at the, sta- at the same time, all right? And that was yesterday. Now, if I look at official Steam data, I didn't actually click this link before the show. Why is it not opening? There we go. And let's see where we are now. Uh, Users logged in for... uh, Oh, it's not even showing up. You know, I don't know how to read this off the top of my head, so I'm not going to do this during the show. But uh, as of yesterday, 140,000 players... This game, I ended up playing it a little bit this morning, and I did the tutorial last night. And um, the tutorial, first off, you play as Shaggy, and then immediately they take Shaggy away and give you Wonder Woman and Superman and some weird dog bird thing. I don't know what the hell the other thing is. Um, And I think you can also play as Jake or Finn. I can't remember which one. Uh, So I chose Wonder Woman, and I did a match, and I won. Um, The thing that I'll say about this is... For anybody who doesn't know, this game is very much a, uh, oh gosh, is that going to have sound to it? Mute? Okay. Um, This game is very much a, I don't want to say ripoff, inspired by Smash Brothers. Very much inspired by Smash Brothers. What I will say, there's a couple things that they're doing different. I find it very interesting, the differences that they have. Number one, the, the number one main difference that you will really feel is how much more forgiving recovery is. So if you do get knocked off the stage in this game, you can recover very, very well. It was pretty crazy how easily it is. All you got to do is get to the edge of the stage and then climb up that wall. So what does that mean? That means that you, as a player, have to be very aggressive when somebody gets knocked off the stage and go chasing them off the stage, which is... To me, it always feels, uh, it makes me nervous when I go chasing somebody off the stage because one slight mess up on my part, and now I'm out of position and going to get knocked off the stage instead of them, Uh, which is exactly the reason why I won the match that I played uh, a few minutes before I went live. I was playing against the dog, Jake the dog, and I was playing as Wonder Woman, and uh, I knocked or they, I got knocked off the stage. They chased me and I was able to turn the tables on them in midair and then get back to the stage. And then I won. 
So that's the number one thing that stands out to me is how this game differs from Smash Brothers. The other way that it differs from Smash Brothers is when you play the game, obviously you, you have to unlock characters and you have to do the same thing in Smash Brothers, but you could just buy the characters that you want. Uh, can you unlock the characters without spending money? Yes, you can. Uh, however, if you want to have a character that, uh, like this week, Shaggy is free, and next week Shaggy won't be free. If you want to play as, if you want to play as Shaggy, all the time, then you would have to buy that character either through gold coins that you earn by fighting and winning, or by paying real world money. This is very, very similar to how MOBAs work. And I think this is a great way for a free-to-play fighting game to work. Now, I have to say that overall, the the game is really fun in my limited experience with it. Is it a real competitor to Smash Brothers? Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, with 140,000 people concurrently playing on day one of open beta, you have to kind of say yes, but at the same time, Smash Brothers is absolutely huge. On the other hand, Smash Brothers is done. Like the like the team behind Smash Brothers have put out their final character. They're not going to be adding any more characters to the roster and getting people to go back to Smash Brothers after all this time, that's a tough sell until the next Smash Brothers comes out. There's going to be people who land on either side of this line, and I'm not saying which side is right, but this is cross-platform. You can play it on Xbox and PlayStation and PC, and I don't know if it's on Switch or not. That might be a big differentiator there. Uh, But overall, like you can play it on all these different platforms, and Smash Brothers is only on the Switch. And Smash Brothers is a $60 game. Multiverses is everywhere, and is a free-to-play game where you would spend money on costumes for your characters. Uh, I un- I unlocked a, a costume, and then I couldn't find it. it. It told me, hey, you unlocked this Kryptonian costume. And I went looking. I couldn't find it anywhere. So the UI seems a little a little goofy to me and a little hard to navigate, but th- that's something that might just be because it's not doing things the way I expect them to. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. Uh, anyway, I'm curious what you all think of, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the game now, um, Meta? No, not Meta. Uh, multiverses. I'm curious what you all think of Multiverses. What characters are you playing with? I did see that Tasmania, uh, the Tasmanian Devil just got nerfed the other day, so there's that. Uh, but I think that it's this is a game that might actually r- do really, really well, and it's my favorite kind of fighting game. I, l- I really like the Smash-like video games. All right, let's move on and talk about VR. Buy an Odyssey 2 now and get $82 worth of free games, including Pickaxe Pete. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, MetaQuest 2. 
is having a price change. Now, I don't have a, a MetaQuest, or as I like to call it, the Oculus Quest 2, before they change their name. Um, my son has one. He saved up his money and bought one, and I've used it, and it's really cool. Like, it's a really, really cool thing. I have held off on buying my own because I wanted to wait until maybe the MetaQuest 3 came out. But now we just had a price change for the MetaQuest 2, and you might be thinking, ah, well, now is the time to buy it. But no, no, it's not. This is one of the weirdest things I have ever heard in my life. MetaQuest 2 is changing their price by $100, and they are increasing the price of MetaQuest 2 by $100. So they're saying, look, it's supply chain issues, it's rising inflation, it's causing the, the, this price increase. Uh, they announced this via Twitter. He said, in order to continue investing in moving the VR industry forward for the long term, we are adjusting the price of MetaQuest 2 headsets to $399.99 and $499.99 starting on August 1st. Now... They, they dropped this uh, yesterday, so that gives you four or so days to buy one at the current price before they boost that price up. Oh, man, this is really weird. To me, this is like a big nope. The MetaQuest 2 has been out like for a while now. If somebody in chat remembers when the original MetaQuest or when a MetaQuest 2 came out, please let me know. Because I, I, something this late, I mean, I can, I can completely understand a price change for something this late in the product's life cycle. It's been out at least a couple of years, okay? And I can understand a drop in price, but an increase in the price of this device by a hundred dollars. Uh, Beth Ann Oxendale in chat says that it came out October 13th. 2020. So we are looking at a device that is almost two years into its life cycle, and they are increasing the price. Uh, Eric Eric W. says, y'all going to buy from the company that made the worst product on the internet? Um, listen, I despise Facebook. I have, I don't, I don't use Facebook except for Facebook Marketplace because like I, I uh, like if I want to sell something, I feel more secure doing it in person than doing it over the internet. Um, it's a very, very cool device. And they recently said that you don't have to use Facebook in order to use um, MetaQuest, which I appreciate. That being said, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, but it's a really cool device. You put that thing on and you play a, a VR game. It's, it's undeniably cool. And the huge thing that separates the MetaQuest from everything else, well, maybe not everything else, but everything else that I've heard of or looked at or because I don't haven't done tons of research, is it's wireless. There's no wire connecting you to a thing. And when I have uh, like VR goggles on and I'm, you know, moving around and doing something, I'm, I'm always afraid I'm going to catch a wire or something. And that's going to like break something or, or cause problems. So the idea that it's wireless is incredibly compelling to me. And that, that makes it, in my opinion, better than everything else. 
That being said, it's the only one that I've used. So I don't have any firsthand knowledge of anything else. But this is coming from a company, Meta, makes a stupid amount of money. If anybody could absorb the costs of uh, inflation and price increases and stuff, it's them. They can take it. It's not a big deal. So for them to raise the price, man, I mean, I hate to be all conspiracy theorist, but if I were a mustache twirling evil guy, I would be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to raise the price of the MetaQuest 2. Uh, that way I will get a, uh, and I'll tell you all that I'm going to raise the price before I raise the price. That way I'll get a big boost in sales of people who are like, well, I was kind of on the fence, but I'm going to get it now before the price goes up. And then once, once, uh, the price goes up, I'll wait, uh, six months or so. And then I'll announce the meta quest three and I'll announce the meta quest three, a hundred dollars more expensive than the meta quest two. So instead of um, instead of being three ninety nine ninety nine and four ninety nine ninety nine, they would be four ninety nine ninety nine and five ninety nine ninety nine. I'm sorry if for if that doesn't make sense, but just increase. This now gives you a two hundred dollar increase instead of just a one hundred dollar increase. That's what I would do if I were evil. And I kind of always feel like the 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 higher ups at Facebook are like the mustache twirly villains. And I'm not, I'm not a fan, definitely not a fan of that. So boy, it leaves us with alternatives. The PSVR two is looking a lot more. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, interesting to me now. That's not the right word that I'm looking for, but it's the one that I can find at this point. And we just got a look at the user experience for PSVR 2. Uh, so there's a couple of things that they are showing off. They're showing off the see-through view, which, by the way, the MetaQuest 2 has. It's really cool. You hit a button, and then you can see the room that you're in, which is cool because there's a camera on the front of it. So you can see everything in the room, look around, maybe pick up your drink, take a drink, set it down, and then turn that off, and then you're back in your VR world. The PSVR 2 is going to have that see-through view, which is extremely cool. Uh, they have the ability to broadcast yourself while playing. They say a new broadcast feature for PSVR 2 will allow you to film yourself while playing by connecting a PS5 HD camera to the console. It's a great way to show your movements and reactions during a boss battle and share your reactions with your fellow gamers as it happens. I'm not interested in that. I... Watching somebody play VR games, to me, like I've watched a couple, it's bad. And it's not bad because of anything. It's bad because of the movement. The way the person is moving their head around works perfectly if you're the person wearing the headphones but or the headset. But as soon as you're watching somebody else move their head around, oof, it makes me kind of nauseous. I don't like it. Uh, so I'm not a fan of that. Uh, but then they have this uh, improved... Uh, customized play area, which the MetaQuest 2 also has. I'm not sure if this is going to be better than that or not, but here's what they have to say. The play area for the PSVR 2 can be customized by using the PR PSVR 2 sense controllers and the embedded cameras. The cameras will allow you to scan the room 
while the PSVR2 Sense controllers allow you to expand and further customize the play area to fit your play style and room environment. While playing, if you get close to a boundary you have set up, you will receive a warning that you are closely approaching the play area boundary. You can modify your settings at any time uh, once the PSVR2 is connected. Once you set up your play area, the settings will be saved unless you move to a different play area. I think that this is really cool. We already see have seen this in uh, Oculus or MetaQuest 2. We've already seen this exact same setup with MetaQuest 2, and it works really, really well. It's impressive, if you ask me. Um, I think that this is this is taking all of the things that I really like about the Oculus Quest 2 and bringing them into the PSVR 2. Of course, the PSVR 2 requires you to have a PS5, and I'm guessing that it's not going to be cheap for a PSVR 2. And when you compare that to the Oculus or the MetaQuest 2, that's only, well, only. I mean, they just they just changed their price; they just increased it. But at, at its highest end, it's five hundred dollars uh, after August first. I'm going to guess that that's going to be less than the full buy-in of PSVR 2 because a PlayStation 5 at its cheapest is $400. So at the end of the day, which one is the most compelling? Well, the one thing that separates them, I mean, there's other things that separate them like eye tracking and stuff like that, but we have no idea how well that's actually going to work. But the one thing that really separates the Oculus or MetaQuest from PSVR 2 is that wire like there's no wire on the Oculus or the MetaQuest 2. So it's got that going for it. And I asked everybody in chat, uh, you know, uh, at the beginning of the show, I said, which VR headset are you most interested in? 57% said PSVR 2, 43% said Quest 2. And I'm, I'm not pretending that those are the only two, but those are the two that I was talking about today. Uh, so, 56% are interested in the PSVR 2 and less interested in the uh, MetaQuest 2. I'm curious if that change, changed today based on the increase in the price of the Oculus uh, or MetaQuest 2 by 100 bucks. Uh, let me know what you all think. Uh, I'm very, very curious about that. All right, uh, let's move on. And Well, actually, let's see what people in chat had to say. Uh, Donald Tyler says they are raising the price because they were selling it at a loss. And now with the supply chain problem, it's even more of a loss. So they came to just, so they came justify, so they can't justify it anymore. They don't need to justify it. They own the VR market. I totally understand where you're coming from, but that company makes a buttload of money and they can, they can absorb that. Um, Happy Cloud Gamer says, I want the future VR like Star Trek. <laughs> you want an entire room for it? Um, I don't have that, that kind of space in my house. Uh, Donald Tyler says, I want the VR from Black Mirror. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aliog01 says, waiting for PSVR 2 or the new MetaQuest, maybe the MetaQuest 3. Uh, and let's see, anything else here? No. All right, so... That's uh, that's what's going on in the VR space, and I think that the VR space is looking very, very interesting, but we'll see where it goes from there. Let's move on and talk about a game that I have a lot of fondness for. Hello, look, hey, 
And that game is World of Warcraft. I played World of Warcraft almost exclusively for seven years. I adored that game. And World of Warcraft Classic, when that came out, I I loaded in and I played it for, I probably got to, I don't know, level 30 on my Paladin in WoW Classic, which, you know, you might hear that and be like, well, that's not very much. But back in the day, it took a long time to get to level 30. And doing WoW Classic was the old way. So it took me a long time to get to level 30 in WoW Classic before something else distracted me or I lost interest or whatever. And then they launched, um, you know, the first expansion of WoW. The original, so World of Warcraft came out, and then we had the first expansion which I can't remember the name of. Somebody in chat, please tell me. But the second expansion is when I would say most people would say that World of Warcraft peaked. And when when World of Warcraft was at its absolute best was during the second expansion, which is called Wrath of the Lich King. And it was basically the conclusion to the story that was set up in Warcraft 3. If you never played Warcraft 3, it was a really, really cool game. But you get to see the fall of this major character where they they were the good guy and they fell and became the bad guy. And then they just went away. They disappeared for a while. But then in Wrath of the Lich King, they came back. And when they came back, you had to go after that, that fallen hero and fight them. And a lot of people would say, that Wrath of the Lich King, the best version of World of Warcraft, and not everybody not everybody will agree with that, but a lot of people will. Um, that was the best that Warcraft ever was. Well, it's coming back as Wrath of the Lich King Classic, arriving on September 26. And look, I love... Uh, I love World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft is one of my favorite games of all time. I'm not a huge fan of the higher-ups at Blizzard and the things that they do. Uh, but I remember watching this cinematic and being like, holy cow, he's back. I cannot believe it. And and just it, Blizzard was so good at making these these cinematics. The, like the, the World of Warcraft cinematics are burned into my brain in a way that uh, very few other video game cutscenes are but going back and fighting him uh on his home turf was just really really cool. I think it's called Northrend. Anyway, uh I love this game. I had so much fun with it. Am I going to go back and play Wrath of the Lich King? I don't think so. Um I really liked the time that I spent with it, but I think the reason that I liked the time that I spent with it outside of the mechanics being really really great Um, I think the real reason that I enjoyed the time that I spent with it was because of the people that I was playing it with and all those people, like, I don't talk to any of those people anymore. Well, I talk to very few of those people anymore and we've all kind of moved on to different games and we're playing different games. And every once in a while, I'll see somebody from, from my world of Warcraft guild online and we'll, I'll see that they're playing a game and I'll send them a message and we'll play a quick game together but there was something about that moment in time for Wrath of the Lich King and how awesome it was. But maybe I'm in the minority here. Maybe this is going to bring a lot of people back to uh, WoW Classic. 
And if you subscribe to World of Warcraft, then you also subscribe to WoW Classic. It's not a separate thing. I do kind of wish that they had a separate thing that you could get for just WoW Classic, because I'm not really interested in the, the new World of Warcraft right now. I might change my mind later on down the road. All right, let's move on and talk about a game that may or may not be going away. Have you played Atari today? So I'm looking at a an article here from Push Square, which is a PlayStation-focused uh, uh, website. And they said they, they, their original story is that they had been told that the Ubisoft, which has been running into some big issues, uh, basically that Roller Champions was going to be uh, on the chopping block and shut down. This game was – this is coming um, – from Giant Bomb's Jeff Grubb. Uh, he was on the Xbox Era podcast. The game is cross-platform. It's not just a PlayStation game. Um, he was on the Xbox Era podcast, and he said that sources told him that it's going to be canceled after Season 3, um, which would be disappointing. Uh, I know that a lot of people, myself included, were really looking forward to Roller Champions. Then when the game came out, I played it, and I did have fun with it, and I talked about it on the show, but I have to admit, I never once loaded it back up. I did not go back and play any more Roller Champions after that first day or two of playing. If you don't know what Roller Champions is, I should I should probably explain it. It's a free-to-play um, roller derby game where you are on teams and you have to pick up the ball and skate around in this track and then score a goal by throwing it through a hoop. And there's a cool risk-reward system in the game where the more times that you bring the ball around the track, the higher the points you'll earn when you throw the ball through the hoop, right? But if you go around and you go past that hoop and you don't throw the ball through the hoop, then you got to go around again before you throw the ball through the hoop, giving the enemy team more time to steal the ball from you essentially taking away all of the points that you would have earned had you thrown it. I love, love, love that risk-reward system that they have built into the game. I think it's fantastic. But then again, the controls were a little confusing, and it just didn't feel intuitive enough, and I ended up not going back to it, even though I really did like it. Uh, well, anyway... There are rumors that it was going to get shut down after season three. Roller Champions tweeted this out. They said, hello, champions. Uh, let's clear it out of the way first. Roller Champions isn't getting canceled, and Ubisoft fully supports it. You can rest assured we'll keep you updated as we rolled forward. What Roller Champions dev, dev team is doing to make sure that we're focusing on what our players have told us needs improvements and uh, what supersedes all other priorities. What does that mean? It means we are extending the Disco Fever's length. That's the third season, by the way. Uh, we're doing this for two main reasons. One, we will push out a patch that includes cross-invites so that we deliver on the game's promise of being a resolutely social experience. We will announce when this patch comes out as soon as it's validated and good to go. Validated means the all the platform holders are like, yeah, you guys can do that. Uh, number two. We will take enough time to solve the issues our players have voiced as irritants before we release our new season. The cross-invite patch will include fixes, but we will be working on more improvements after its release before the launch of next season. As far as content is concerned, we can tell you 
that we've got exciting stuff planned for the next seasons. We strongly believe, however, that before we release new content, we've got to do right by our players. Hence why we're taking the time needed uh, before we do. You can rest assured we'll keep you updated as we all move forward. That's from the Roller Dev team. Um, I love that they're being uh, fully transparent with this. It's a, it's a it's an important thing. I love love. I love the idea of this game. Its implementation for me just falls a little flat. I liked the moment to moment gameplay. But I never went back to it. So that has to say something about the game that it never pulled me back. It never pulled me back in to play again, even though when I was playing it, I liked it. And I think most of it has to do with the controls being a little non-intuitive. Anyway, have you guys tried Roller Derby, Roller Derby, Roller Champions? Uh, Let me know uh, what you guys think of that game. All right, let's move on and talk about 2K games. The more game cartridges a video game system plays, the more fun it is. Okay, this is weird. Um, (laughs) 2K games, uh, they have a bunch of WWE games. Now, I don't care, even a little bit. Like, the space between my fingers, I'm holding up my fingers for the video people. The space between my, my fingers cannot get any smaller to measure the amount of uh, the, the, the amount of the care that I have for wrestling games. The last time that I played a wrestling game that I cared about was pro wrestling on the NES with Starman. If you don't know which game I'm talking about, check it out. It's, it's cool and terrible. And my friends and I loved it, but I don't care about any of the WWE games or WWF games or any of that stuff. That being said, 2k games delisted, Almost all of the WWE games on Steam. And this is like we've seen a bunch of games getting uh, delisted recently on Steam. And they haven't like, but every WWE game on Steam, almost all of them from 2K games all getting delisted at the same time. That's kind of weird. 2K Sports has not announced its delisting of the older WWE 2K games. Instead, franchise fan and Reddit user Popstasia has noticed the event, took to social media to let people know what was going on. As of right now, only two officially licensed WWE games remain on Steam, and the players who may have wanted to purchase an older edition of the series are unable to do so. Right now, you can probably, I'm guessing you can still play the game if you bought it, but you can't buy them anymore, uh, which is really, really odd. I'm guessing, and this is just a guess for me, that this is a licensing issue. Generally, what happens is the publishers of these games will pay X dollars to license this this property for X amount of time. And at the end of that time, they have to renew the license, which would cause money, cost money, or they have to let the license go. And it seems like 2K, 2K Games is letting the license go for those older games because they no longer have the rights to that and they've decided maybe it's too expensive for them to continue. Anyway, if you're a big fan of these WWE games, is this a big deal for you? Because these are older ones and there's newer versions that you can still play. And I'm curious if people care about that stuff. Anyway, last thing that I want to talk about before we get out of here today is Wizards of the Coast is making their own 
video game studio. This is being led by the producer of Dragon Age. That's right, the producer of Dragon Age. I think a lot of people like those Dragon Age games. Um, Wizard of the Coast have been a huge influence. This is from, excuse me, this is from uh, Daily. Who, who is, what's their name? Uh, Christian Daily. Uh, they left Bioware, and now they are the head of the studio at Skeleton Key, and they are going to be working on Wizards of the Coast games. Wizards of the Coast would be Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, that kind of thing. Um, which is weird because we currently have Larian Studios working on a Dungeons and Dragons game, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. It's in early access. It's awesome. If you haven't played it, definitely check it out. Uh, but to have um, basically a their own in-house studio that is just focusing on these games. That's very interesting to me. Uh, I am excited. This is what the, the uh, they had to say. I'm excited to be starting this new adventure with the company that has created so many of my new favorite toys and games growing up. Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast have been a huge influence on me. Their brands have inspired my pursuit of a lifelong career in video games. We're looking forward to growing our studio team with more talented creators who share our passion. So somebody might say, well, what's going to happen with Baldur's Great 3? Nothing. They're going to put their game out, and that'll probably be the end of it. And then once they're, once that game is out, I bet you that we don't see any other third-party uh, Dungeons & Dragons games. They'll, all of the Dungeons & Dragons games will probably be handled by Skeleton Key, uh, this new studio. Anyway, not much else for me to say. It's so early in, in, how this, in this whole process, so not much else to say there. I just wanted to let people know about it. All right. Like I said at the beginning of the show... There was a lot in this episode, and that's why I had to get on and, and put out an episode because it already it took me like 40 minutes to, to do all this. So uh, I think it's time to wrap up, and I want to say thank you to everybody for hanging out with me. If you were here for the live show, I really do appreciate you all. Uh, you guys are fantastic. Uh, you're awesome, and I do appreciate it. Anyway, if you are listening to the show and you are enjoying it, make sure that on whatever podcast player that you are listening on, rate the show, give it a review, that kind of thing, and um, check out my other shows. I've got a show called 143 Pixels, all about video games that we love. I have um, another show about PC gaming and the Steam Deck called On Deck. Uh, check out those shows in your favorite podcast player. I will see you all next time. Stay awesome, everybody. Bye-bye.